Welcome to the Avance podcast. I almost said Rain City Supercars because I keep looking it up. <laughs> I was looking it up for somebody on Avance. They're like, what episode was this? I'm 28. No. 28. Welcome to the Avance podcast. Yeah, I'm that Dan. too. Yeah, and I'm Nick. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, it's not bad that the fact that the only sweatshirt I have right now is my Rain City Supercars. So yeah, <laughs> everything else is dirty. But uh, yeah, we are broadcasting a secret location. Top secret. Uh, in a vicious snowstorm here in the Pacific Northwest. It's pretty. I say it every year. People live here. Learn to drive in this. <laughs> or just don't drive in take it. Take your time. I'm, 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 I'm all about take your time, but there's just some people out there that's better to just, you know, call a relative or, right. you know, so. Yeah. I'm in the Raptor tonight, which does have snow rated tires on it, um, but I did almost get into a little little fit this today. Did you? Yeah. I was driving. Decided to test it out. <laughs> yeah. It was really slow and steady off-road excursion. <laughs> I was on my road, and uh, there's a part where there's like a, a narrowing part of the road, and because people are kind of staying in one track, because it's a very lightly traveled road, yeah. uh, people are just kind of stopping on one side using the center track of the road and going through. It's not a lot of cars, so that makes perfect sense. Well, I was waiting, and the car came through, no problem, and I started to go again, and then like half a mile an hour, I just slid off the road. <laughs> Because it's solid ice. <laughs> Truck's like, I'm going this way. Clunk. Yeah, but it was yeah. like, yeah, super, super slow. And I was like, oh, I just drove right out of it. It was yeah. no big deal. But I was like, man, thank God I have sliders on. Sliders. And yeah. I don't think it would have done any damage anyway because it was pretty high up. But still, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's nice to know that that's going to hit first. The minute you didn't have them, it right. would have exactly. dented a door. It would have done something. So Yeah. yeah. Actually, the second time I've used them. Um, the first time I really used them, though, I was in on the Wabder and I slid into a really tight turn. It was off camber. And I, again, slid downhill into it. And it rubbed straight up against a stump. Yeah. Didn't do any damage to the, to the uh, slider. But thank God I had him because that would have been right into the body. Yeah. I, anyway. You know, I'm up on the uh, plateau up here. And mm-hmm. I, when I was out, you know, I went, I, okay, I went looking for people in the ditch. I'll be honest with you. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> I've got all the recovery. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I found this poor guy that was kind of in the Issaquah area. And I felt so bad for him because he slid off into the ditch. He didn't dent a single thing, but there was a stick in the ditch that went through his window. Oh, so, <laughs> car was perfect. Just window was broken. Everywhere. So yeah, I was that's like, like the, sh- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably the cheaper of the fixes. Absolutely, but, but I was still, just like, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> what the heck? So uh, yeah, we well, got him out. So. We could tell you a bunch of Carter Subaru tips of the week about driving in the snow, but this one is actually <laughs> related to uh, getting your rear seat wet. So Justin Osmer posted today. And I want to say this before. Dan sent me this post today, and it, and it was like one of these aha moments of like, well, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Justin Osmer posted, apparently there's a recall for Audis, uh, mm. A6s and RS6s, uh, Avants um, in this case. I think it's just Avants, which is odd. But anyway, there's a bunch of electronics under the rear seat in that car. And so what they had found is people <laughs> were carrying children in the re- rear seat on a regular occasion. First mistake, if you have an RS6 Avant, you shouldn't have children. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's like the ideal dad car. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they they found that it was mainly parents with kids in the back seat were spilling drinks out of the seat yeah. and it was soaking through, <laughs> like shorting out electronics. Which makes sense. I know I have, I look back at this, I shorted out an amp that was under my yeah. seat one time in the winter, but it was under my front seats because somebody was in the back and their their feet were wet, so. Yeah, if you ever didn't want to have, you already wanted another reason people not to have drinks in your car, and yeah. I do all the time. We've talked about this before with vented seats on how you can spill a drink in vented seats and it really mess them up, especially coffee because it gets all sticky in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, this was now, as we've talked about with Audis especially, there's a lot of electronics in cars nowadays, and they're under the rear seats, and so this is just one more reason. Um, apparently, the recall and call is just like covering it with something but still yeah but i still think that you know that's going to be a situation down the road where audi's eventually going to say we're not going to replace it anymore and then it'll it'll turn into an insurance claim right <laughs> and insurance is going to go well you know like how many gallons of chocolate milk did your son pour <laughs> on this you know but it was affecting what was it, the keyless entry or something yeah something or, like that yeah so who knows i mean they got to hide the stuff somewhere so <laughs> right yeah it's kind of funny so yeah uh, tip of the week man if you've got kids back there and you've got a car like that a newer car with a lot of electronics well one you should probably know where the electronics are not that i'm saying you would it's not something normally people would go investigate what's under the rear seat that's not on the pdi inspection and here if we lift up your rear seat but you should get a seat cover if you have kids in the back seat and you should get a compatible seat cover that allows you to buckle the child seat down properly uh just for that alone anybody with kids i mean or if you've been around kids for five minutes in a car, the amount of mess they can make with a package of McDonald's fries in less than like 30 seconds is pretty impressive to say the least. Well, and, this, and also on that, to, I mean, you see a lot of times people with these winter mats and everybody goes, why are they so big on the sides? Because they collect the water and they keep the water there so that they, you can't go in other places. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So I, I'm totally guilty of having drinks oh, in my car course. all the time. Hundred percent. Yeah. My truck. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I, well, it's not in a ditch. You're drinking in it. You I know, mean, water. I've never had a car. Even my my Z06, my Porsche, other cars. I've never not had coffee in the car. I don't. I don't care. I drive my cars and enjoy them. Yeah. I'm going to eat in them occasionally because I like to road trip. I mean, I eat my cars. There's no doubt about that. I don't let other people eat my cars. But, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> no. Uh. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't drink coffee. I think that's my biggest thing. That's probably good. And I got rid of soda. So yeah, I mean, so you're just drinking a bunch of water? It's water and, I mean, seltzer. Tea? So, yeah, so if anything, the seltzer helps take, take, helps take out stains. So, yeah. True. There you go. <laughs> yeah, look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you do, dry it up right away. Um, like I said, if you have kids, it's really worth the investment just for your interior sake to get a good seat cover. Um, yeah, often from the manufacturer, you can get them. Sometimes they're expensive, but uh, they usually fit really well if you get them from Audi, Excuse Subaru. You, universal slash children slash dog kind of Dog thing. especially, yeah. Yeah. but... Yeah, probably yeah. not as worried. Hopefully, not as worried about spilling a bunch of liquids with the dog. In the if your dog's in the back drinking soda and eating French fries, you got a bigger problem. You know, so that's a wrong puff cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we do have a guest this week, uh, Michael Lincioni. Welcome to the show. And uh, Michael is with the DOL. Not as you think, though. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> We're so <laughs> glad you made it to the show. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's Thanks for to... coming out in the uh, snowstorm here. Yeah, you know, yes, so. absolutely. Well, you know, a little fun-spirited driving. <laughs> right? So, uh, you got the right car for it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. So so tell me about, you're not you're with the DOL, but you're with a private sector of the DOL. So yeah, you're not so, with the DOL of so the state. So uh, the most probably understood thing about what, what I do is that uh, in Washington... As some of you may know, uh, Department of Licensing is split between a uh, driver's portion and a vehicle portion. Uh, the vehicle portion primarily is all privately owned sub-agents of, uh, in our case, it actually, you know, the hierarchy would go Department of Licensing, then to the counties, and then we are a sub-agent of Snohomish County. So uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, so this is this is an example of like when you go online or you go into one of these stores to get your tabs renewed on anything, it's it's a privately owned establishment that then takes that revenue and it splits it with the state or, or gives it to the state, correct? Yeah, okay. I just got my tabs today actually for the oh. truck. I had to renew my tabs, so I did, and I got them through. Hey, you're outside of King County, I'm sure. I it's am, not as no, I am in King County, but I am far enough out. That was actually a big factor in us moving. Was, yeah. was getting out of incorporated King County so we didn't have to pay the tax. Yeah, because it would have been thousand bucks versus one hundred and ten today. Which, uh, which oh, is very wow. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 110 bucks for my tabs today on my truck. If anybody's interested, 115 <laughs> actually. I had to pay 10 dollars because of the weight of the vehicle. Ah, oh, there's a road well, tax for that. There's but a yeah. tax right off there. Yeah. Too. So I went through <laughs> Snow Falls Vehicle Licensing. Is okay. I went through, and you were telling us earlier this is really interesting. I didn't know any of this, so our I'm assuming our listeners will be <laughs> as interested as I was. How does that differentiate with the money? Um. So. As of currently, and this changed years back, uh, they did a fee equalization, but um, you pay, whether you process your tabs through the online uh, at the county office or through one of the privately owned ones, same price to you. Difference of the money is the fee for the transaction goes to us, a private business who supports our staff and ourselves. And, or if you do it through the county, that money goes towards the ferries. So, um, you know, Funding public transportation, also funding private business. You know, there's positives on both sides of that, but um, obviously, I'm going to root for going to the private business. Uh, well, what I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I, and I think this is going to be the one thing that our listeners are going to be talking about is is this RTA tax, and every, everybody oh, yes. wants to know. Everybody spits nails. Every you know, um, it, it's, and I'm sure you hear it on a daily basis as far as people whining, bitching, complaining about it. If Listeners don't know if somebody like, could you explain that a little bit as For far sure, as out of state listeners? I should say out of state listeners. Well, I mean, there's some people that don't put tabs well, I mean, on the car. Somebody else. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously probably the hottest hot button topic of <laughs> department of licensing uh, world. Um, but the don't RTA- worry, listeners, we got him strapped in a seat. We're going to get the real answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, RTA tax regional transit authority is, uh, the sound transit light rail. It's being built, you know, up and down, uh, I five and you know, you're funding public transportation. The The guideline of that is, you know, as uh, Dan had said, he moved outside of the area. Um, you know, there is a, there's a map. You can look at it on Sound Transit, um, or you could even go to Department of Revenue's website, put in your address. It'll tell you exactly, are you in it, are you not? If you're in it, you're paying the RTA tax, which is uh, a, value, a tax based off of the value of your vehicle 
on a depreciated schedule. Um, and that would typically start based off of the MSRP. In most circumstances, there's a wide variety of vehicles and uh, trucks and all that stuff that's out there. So it, it's not all 100% off of the MSRP, but what they deem to be the that value and then however many years you pay a less percentage of it. So the first couple years of a car, you're going to hit the highest of that. Yeah, and I think it's 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 like one percent or something like that. But I didn't know it was a depreciated value. I was I was always assuming was told that it was always after the MSRP value of the car. It starts there. It yeah. starts. I know there. it starts so there. Like, yeah, and it's it it roughly equates to a um, hundred dollars, one hundred and one dollars per ten thousand dollars of value. Okay. As a new car. Yeah. And then, and I don't have the schedule memorized, but it is a dollars car. You're going to be paying a thousand dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 110,000. And that's, and that's just (laughs) for the RTA tax portion of your tabs, which also has weight fees, licensing, our fee and what state parks, whatever you decide to add into there, which is another thing. State parks thing I'm, I'm, I'm with, and then, you know, getting my discovery pass and all that. It's really, there there are a lot of good things you can get done with that. Let's backtrack a little bit. How yeah. did you get into this? How did you become in getting into this business? I mean, and obviously, you know, the basis of Avance, we're all car people. I saw what you drove up here, and you got a, what, an RS, RQ5, or uh, SQ5. 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 Yeah. So you're a car guy, but yeah. I mean, how'd you kind of get into this business? Uh, never in my life did I think this is where I was going to end up, okay. you know? Um, you know, as <laughs> I was there. young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, full disclosure, it's, it started by my, uh, my mom and my stepdad about 32 years ago, um, you know, I grew up in Issaquah here, went to Issaquah High School, and uh, we, my mom and stepdad have been entrepreneurial mindset from, uh, from a very early age when I was, before I was even driving. Uh, we actually owned a couple espresso carts, one at the Albertsons that used to be right here. Oh, yeah. Um, back in the day, so I worked that doing, uh, when I was in high school. Um, and then immediately following high school, I moved to Spokane for two years. We have a house over there. Um, so kind of just spent some time over there, realized it's not my jam. I grew up there. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I yeah. love some greenery on the side of the road, sure. some trees, all that stuff. You know, my family and my friends were obviously here. So I, uh, moved back, uh, came here and then I had worked probably, I mean, as my wife would say, every random job you can possibly think of I've done. <laughs> um, I did quite a few years at Starbucks, um, and whether it was at the corporate, uh, at the barista level, supervisor level, kind of throughout that. And uh, that's where I really kind of focused on customer service and learned a lot of that, you know. But I've done landscaping. I've done office work. I've done, you know, all kinds cool. of random stuff. But um, So what I'm hearing is Starbucks took the, the, the mom and pop yeah. coffee cart and stole their barista. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I moved over to Spokane, you know, I, I obviously needed a job. I was going sure. to college over there and I was like, well, I've been making coffee and I'm like, sorry, mom, but I got to go uh, yeah. to the big guy here. Yeah. Right? You know, like, so <laughs> I'm not competing with you here. Yeah. I'm yeah. on the other side of the state. Exactly. So, you know. yeah. <laughs> so I did that. And then when I came back, I, you know, stuck with it. Cause you know, I, for much of growing up, I kind of wanted to keep family business and myself separately and did do my own path and kind of figure out things and and uh ended up you know working i did some restaurant jobs at one point in time i had like three jobs and i was just trying to live out of my own and restaurant work as we all know can kind of go up and down and and so i needed some hours and some money and so i started driving for them part-time so we do driving for your your mom and stepfather correct yeah and so they had at this point in time they were strictly on the uh Strictly owned the licensing office. Oh, okay. The espresso carts had kind of gone by. Um, and so, you know, part of our business model is that we have a pickup and delivery system of dealerships in from oh, yeah. Everett to Renton oh, area. Uh, yeah. Right? And so <laughs> Come pick I, up your plates. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So Lee Johnson owns the one in Kirkland. Like the dealership owns the. The one across the street? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. The one by Costco one for years. There. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And those are rare. They probably won't ever exist again to have a dealership to have a sub agency inside of a dealership yeah um but uh they are one of them yeah yeah um so started doing that and uh just kind of you know realized that i like this kind of stuff and um then went full-time with them and realized okay you know restaurant work part-time hours (laughs) i'm ready i'm here for 
nine to five or, you know, at that people point. only buy tabs during the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, yeah. so, I uh, appreciated a little bit more structure in my life and uh solid paycheck and stuff. And so did that. Um, I've been there 13 years now. Um, yeah. So I spent the first couple of years, you know, starting from the ground up, learning it all, um, working a counter. And then, um, you know, we decided at one point that like, yeah, this is where I was going to be. This is where I was going to continue and, and take over. And, and so we went into business together and really like, it's kind of been the, the classic case of, Oh, you, you went know, into business with your mom and your stepdad. Correct. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we, I mean, they had started it, you know. No, and, I know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I work with my dad, so I yeah. understand. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's a classic case of, you know, with our powers combined, we've, we've been able to build what we have today, which is, you know, we are one of, if not the largest privately owned, uh, sub agency in Washington. So, wow. Cool. I can't Didn't imagine I the stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think we, we <laughs> there's always good stories. If you're waiting in line to get your, your driver's license, which this is something different, there's always great stories. But I mean, if you go into, I've actually Vehicle always had really account. good experiences with that. Like, I feel like, part. I feel like, I mean, I know there are people that come in there angry and I'm sure you've seen them a hundred of them. For sure. But it's like, I've always had really like, and, and most of the time, I, now that I look at it, they were all the privately owned. They weren't working for the state. Yeah. They were working for somebody who was probably appreciated them <laughs> and paid them well, you know? So, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. No, it's, it's actually, I've never had a problem with the licensing agency, licensing agency. It's always been the state that yeah. I've been fighting, <laughs> but I, me- I remember, man, a long time ago in Rain City Supercars, we had talked about, I don't remember what show it was, but we had talked about how there are things you need to get licensed and they're the old trick that used to work really well is just keep asking different license offices until you find somebody who doesn't <laughs> give a shit about their job, who's sure. just like, sure, just go away yeah. and they'll do it. And you can save a lot of money that way. I hate to say it. But oh yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Avance does not condone or. No, condone. no, no. I was like, no, what you're doing <laughs> no. is completely illegal and you need to own that. If you are falsifying information on your licensing, that's totally illegal. But it's funny how often you can get it done. And speaking of someone who grew up in a small town with cars that were extremely not road legal, <laughs> my RX-7 shot flames all yeah. the time. Yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, there's no way this thing's passing emissions. It's going to light the equipment yes. on fire. <laughs> so uh, you're not going to want to stick that up there. So uh, you're not going to get it back, sir. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we're talking like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, yeah, like 20 years ago now at this point. So I'm well past anything. But I mean, it was literally like, I don't live. You can't here. be prosecuted. It's for like, it where, where do I live now that doesn't have my license on record where I would not meet emissions? <laughs> it's like change yeah. my license. I live there. Thanks. By change our license back. <laughs> totally illegal. Just so you know, that's totally illegal. I think the one thing I learned, and this was nice, I uh, I had a tendency in the past to forget to license my cars. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it happens. Motorcycles for me. So I'm and I'm usually so my my cars do for registration in March, right? And I forgot like a year, over a oh, year, yes, and then into like the next year. And I was a ways into the next year. And I go in there to, like, renew my tabs thinking, okay, it's, it's June or whatever. I'm going to renew my tabs. And this, lo- this lovely lady behind the counter goes, I'm going to tell you something nice right now. She goes, you should go away and not renew your car. Because <laughs> if you renew it now, you're going to pay. And then again in March, you're going to pay again. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, you have to pay on that date. And if you pay after it, that's fine. It's, <laughs> but I did not know that. Like, it was something yeah. that, you know. I did the same thing with the, one of the monkeys. I, f- I forgot the blue one <laughs> lapsed. I just oh, forgot to do it. I don't think I've, And I'm I just like, I well, I don't done. ride that one, so I'm just not going to license it yeah. until the next year. It doesn't matter because it's not going anywhere. No on the cop's going to catch you on a Honda monkey, please. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not You're riding too fast. It, obviously. <laughs> and I think I renewed them in January, so I was yeah. like, I was like, I'll just wait. I went to renew it. But anyway. Yeah, on that one. You, you know, know what the RTA is on a monkey? Yeah. It's still a hundred and some dollars. as much as. It's only like 10 bucks cheaper than the truck. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. We should let you talk. Yeah. Um, no, you're all good. Uh, but yeah, that on that, um, you know, the, ru- the rule on that, it would be, you know, they don't charge late fees. So if you renew six months late, you know, you're paying the same price for that same year of registration. Yeah, you don't get a deduction. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you get it, you pay the same price for the remaining six months. You have to be a year and a day expired to essentially skip that entire year. Yeah. If you say we're expired for a year and a half and you, that car sits, you then license it and it restarts from that day. So you're not, you actually kind of reset your expiration. You're not paying for any wasted time. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, that's a common thing that, you know, people, you know, don't understand. And then they'll realize they'll 11 months down the road. They're like trying to read my tabs. Well, and I, I did it with my, my cross track. I did it a little bit on purpose during COVID. Cause it was like, I wasn't Nobody's driving checking. a car and, and, and then also, yeah, nobody was looking, but, um, it's, you know, I mean, again, if you live with inside the system, it can be expensive to put tabs in your car and, and do all that. So, I mean, I get it, but it's it's also important to <laughs> be good with the law. <laughs> so, yep. doing this for as long as you have, what are some tips that you could give to some of the listeners of, of things that they can do? Not necessarily... Stuff you should know about licensing your vehicle. Th- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> or trailer or yeah, bike. Exactly. Totally. Um, first thing... Ask questions before you get yourself into a situation. Like, you know, as members here are buying and selling cars all the time, you know, title is key, I guess, was what I would say on private party sales. I mean, most of the time, if you're dealing with dealers and stuff, they got the stuff. They're, by law, have to have titles for cars. You know, you're not going to face that issue. Um, So the biggest tip for the private sales would be, um, you know, title and bill of sale are keys. a lot of times our biggest thing is people come in with like, Oh, you know, I got this car from so-and-so and and they got it from so-and-so and and they told me they don't have a title, but this bill of sale should get me a title. I'm like, no, No. you gotta, (laughs) you know, the the general rule is you gotta have a title to get a title or what you would consider an ownership document. So if you, you gotta go through a lost title, exactly. You know, um, you know, or they think that the buyer can file for that lost title and it's not, it's the seller has to provide, a lost title, you know, and they can come in. There's options. You know, if it's titled in Washington, you, you don't have to have a physical title. You can use, um, you can go get an affidavit in lieu of title. It's 15 bucks. It prints on the spot, assuming you have clear ownership, release from the lien holders, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, there's ways around it, but the classic case is my friends would, you know, text me, hey, I got this car. I'm like, you should, you know, with this, and now they're down a creek. Good for right? you. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't you reach out to me two weeks ago before yeah. you did this deal? Yeah. I could have told you that what you need to get done, you know, to make it as easy as possible for you. Sure. So, so I, I know Dan has encountered this and so have I, and, and I, it's always been somewhat of a loophole and people like, so you're, you're selling a car and you're selling it for $10,000 and, and you go to fill out the bill of sale yeah. and the person goes, Oh, well, would you write that you only sold it to me for a thousand dollars? That way they're not going to pay all that sales tax and things like that. They know. I mean, it, reasonably. I mean, so, I would think there would be something in yeah, there. Unless you get the same last name as the person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and that's actually something really I, I was wanted to share with you guys yeah. today, just kind of as a tip for the members of like, you know, because that is something that's hard to understand. Uh, and the biggest thing to say on that is you can't sell a car for a dollar. That's right. been, that's a long time thing that's kind of gone around and used to do it. Department of Revenue is obviously more privy to that than, you know, Oh, this car's worth a dollar because scrap is well, worth more I, than I mean, a dollar. Yeah. My father sold me a car once for a dollar, and then when I went in, the lady's like, "Okay, what's it worth?" And I'm an honest person. Yeah. I was like, "This is what it's worth." I mean, because he basically gave it to me, but yeah. it was you know, and I earned it. You can I gift it now. You can so get, you can gift it, but yeah, you, we didn't you, do that. <laughs> it can only be gifted once in once. its lifetime, yep. right? Yeah. So that's just the the caveat is you have to know did that previous owner gift it because if it was gifted to them and they gift it to you, you're paying tax on what's considered the fair market value, right? Now, to get into that, our system does have an automated fair market value that uses um, its own system to come up with, you know, current sales that are kind of our private party sales, dealer sales to kind of create a medium of of all of that in order to create the value. Of course, you can challenge that. That's what's going to be my next question. But we have to use validated sources. Kelly Kelly Blue Book, um, Edmunds.com. We can't use a Craigslist ad or yeah. offer up or Facebook marketplace. But my grandma said. Yeah, exactly. We can't yeah. use what your grandma said. <laughs> so I challenged that by getting, I had I bought a car with damage. Intentionally. Yeah. Well, not a salvage title, but the car had damage. And so what I did is I got a body shop estimate for the damage, and that was removed from the price of the vehicle. Oh, okay. It was actually very clear cut. I did it at, this is a long time ago, but I did it at Everett Courthouse back when they used to do licensing there. And just because they told me to go do it there, I remember... I lived in oh, let's be honest. You were spending some time there, anyways. That's true. No, <laughs> no. Um, and so, but I just came in with the document, and they said, "They said here's the value." Then I, I literally came in with pictures, and yeah. I came in with an estimate from Body Shop. I said, "Here's why I bought it for I think it was like five grand or something, and the car was worth twelve or something." But I worked at a Body Shop at the time, yeah. And so I was like, "I'm going to have them fix it." And so 
it was in my interest to buy a somewhat damaged vehicle because I could just get junkyard parts, paint them, and be done. But it was like, yeah, as long as I had it, it was clear that like I wasn't frauding anybody. Here's the photos. Here's why it's worth this much. Yeah. Here's why I paid for it. And they're like, oh, no problem. Done. That was yeah. like super simple conversation. Exactly. And that's one of the one of the methods. You can get an appraisal. You can get an estimate of repairs. And as long as that estimate, you know, will reduce the value. And the fair market, so your sale price essentially has to be within 20% of a fair market of what the fair market value is, whether we've determined that or you've provided an outside source, Edmunds.com, Kelly Blue Book, yada. Um, if it's within 20% of that price, then your bill of sale and ta- your tax on that, we're good to go. If it's less than that, then we have to charge tax off of whatever the fair market value is or uh, you have the options, right? Estimate of repairs. Uh, one of the easiest options, if you plan ahead for these things and you know this car is going to need a lot of work, body work, things that could greatly reduce it, um, there is a form called a buyer-seller disclosure that has the RCWs written on it that you need in addition to a bill of sale that allows you to disclose what's wrong with it, and it is subject to audit. So oh. you're signing a form saying this car needs you know, body work, all this stuff, um, and as long as that's signed by buyer and seller, that's for us the easiest case to charge you tax off of what you actually paid for the vehicle. And and I would assume if I buy a car from Dan and and he he sells it's a fifteen thousand dollar car and he sells it to me for eight because we're friends, the minute I go in there and I and I give it to the nice lady at the counter, her computer system is going to tell her what what that market value instantaneously, right? It's not going to, or is it something where they can come back and go? We wouldn't look no, this up. No, you wouldn't get through the transaction without that okay. being a discussion. That's, okay, that's yeah, what yeah. I thought. Okay, for sure. And this, I, uh, just, this came into question when I bought my Turbo S. Oh. Because my Turbo S, I bought in Delaware. Oh, yeah. And that I bought it fun. about $22,000 cheaper than a Turbo S that I would have bought in Washington, which okay. was a major point of pain when I went to license it. Was it a private sale or deal? Private sale. Okay. Yeah. And so I had the ad, I had everything, but uh, I, I used my old approach of asking different places until somebody just did it, um, which worked, to be <laughs> fair. Um, and that's, I, I didn't lie. It was exactly what I paid for it. I didn't, I said, this is the exact bill of sale. Like, I even, like, here's my loan paperwork for, yeah. like, what I put down there. So, like, I wasn't lying through it, but it was $22,000 cheaper than buying one here. So when they pick it up, they're like, no, this is a huge difference. I'm like, yeah, that's why I went to Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> Hence, so, hence the mileage from when I picked it up and drove it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I think I went to three different uh, licensing services until I just found one. I think actually it was, I'm not going to say which one, but yeah, okay. they were just like, whatever. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, yeah. Certainly not ours. No, no, it, no, no it wasn't. No, no, no. It wasn't. No, this is King County, but it was one of those, like, I've played this game. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, and that's the, that's the most important thing. And I think, truthfully, if you go to the, the Washington State Department of Licensing online, like when I sold one of the, my last bike, like mm. it, does, it does help you because there's a lot of forms you don't realize you oh, yeah. need that need to be filled out while you're sitting there, you know, and nobody really wants to, like the old days where you'd come look at a car and then you'd both go to the bank and get the money and then you'd both go to the Department of Licensing together. And yeah. I remember when I was a kid and my dad did that and I was like, it was, it was a day on the town, like, but, it, oh. you know, everybody wants to get it done and get on and move on so i yeah. still try and do that when i can though if yeah. i have a seller that's local just because i so many times i've been the unprepared buyer mm-hmm. i'm like oh you guys need to for- sign this too and i'm like oh let's go to the bank because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i need a notary or something yeah. you know like odometer disclosure is the one i usually forget but, yeah. <laughs> but and, yeah yeah you know in my one of my biggest tips is always if you can meet them at a dol yeah you know it just makes your life so much easier because Otherwise, if you just miss that one signature or whatever, you know, we got to send you away. And then you got to recontact the seller and who knows if you can even get a hold of them. And a lot of times they got their money. So they're just like, peace, you know, they don't respond to that or, you know, so whenever always try to meet them at a department of licensing and, you know, things will go a lot smoother and we can have you just fill out the forms, walk you through it, you know. And that was kind of one of the things that uh, I realized early on is that it is hard for people who don't do this a lot to understand what you need and to put themselves in the position to have it all the first time. And so uh, having customers come in, you know, what they're always looking for is an option, right? They don't want to hit a dead, dead end of like some, you know, grumpy, Can't help grumpy you old person. Yeah. yeah. You don't have what you need. Get out of here. Like, yeah. don't waste my time. Yeah. And that's what, you know, we train our staff to, you know, be helpful, friendly, and, you know, they just need an option. They need to know 
hey, you don't have the right stuff. This is exactly what you need. This is where you get it, you know. Well, and I, I think so many people, uh, the, g- the generic public, you know, when they buy a car, they go into a dealership, they bring their old car with them, that car stays there, the paperwork is signed there because dealerships do all that. They don't realize the process of doing it. I mean, and re- renewing your tabs now is so easy to go online and put a little bit of information, click it, and it comes to you. Yeah. So selling something privately can be a learning experience, and it's it's not easy. I mean, and it's just crossing your I's and dotting your T's. So. We should exactly. really partner on on making a resource for this. I'm yeah. just thinking right now, yeah. this would be a great time to send people, well, one, traffic to your website and say, here's what Absolutely. you need to buy a car in Washington. Yeah. Here's what you need if you're buying a car from outside of Washington and bringing it to Washington. Here's what you need if you're selling a car in Washington. Here's what you need if you're selling a car outside of Washington. Like these little packets of everything you need, and here's what you should check. Man, valuable information. And I just checked. That's really not an easy source to find because it varies state to state. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the Washington State Department. Like when I was selling a motorcycle. Oh, no, I just reminded me like, I was just like, you know, I haven't looked for anybody who's actually put something together. I found articles about it. I found, you know, here's the the first result that came up was here's the bill of sale from the Department of Licensing, which is pretty minimal. Um, It can be added to. Do you... you, licensing offices have their own websites or are they just linked to the because i know like when i go in to get tabs for a car it's like where do you want to pick them up do you mm-hmm. want them sent to you or do where do you want to pick them up and then then they give the individual offices so by default uh i mean we do have our own websites yeah. but you can't buy them through our website if yeah. if we're talking about buying tabs our website's just going to link to the department licensing well, i was talking more for information but yeah 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 okay um yes and we do have some information we're working on you know revamping that and you know that's one of the things of like you know the tips of like what do you really need because there's a ton of forms out there there's all of that um but when you go online to renew your tabs by default it's going to give you what closest office is to your address you can always override that you can choose whatever office you want you know like obviously all of my friends and family like will choose our office even if they don't live there um makes you just mail them out yeah exactly yeah. i yeah. mean the the mailing of tabs is you know i, I can't imagine why anyone you know, and we mail them out same day, so you're going to get them in a day or two. The system's going to show that you've renewed your tabs because as soon as we hit that print button and a cop pulls you over yeah. a minute later, they're going to see, oh, he's renewed his tabs. You may just not physically have them. Yeah. Technically, that's unlicensed if they're expired, but... Yeah, but it, yeah, you I, know. I download a PDF of the receipt. And, exactly. And I'm like, if I get pulled over, nobody's I'm like, hey, I just haven't put them on yet. Sorry. No, oh, I've been <laughs> yeah. pulled over yeah. when I, between when I renewed my tabs. I, yeah, I've had that. I've had that. Too. The cop's like, I saw. He's like, you know, do a better job next time. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a jerk. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> sorry. My, exactly. my bad. I just. Be prepared. For okay. I put them on. Sorry. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. I've done that where I've taken the new registration and thrown it in the, de- in, the in the glove box and forgot to put them on. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like you know, or, right, or or let alone the the talent it takes to put those stickers on straight because once they're on, they're not coming off. Yes, and I, they're I you know, off. Yeah, they're designed to you know obviously not be removable, or else you'd yes. have tab theft Thief. going. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it yeah. already happens now. Yeah, it would be even more prevalent. But there has to be something. I mean, you know, I, you look at the stories of people that have like will sell a car that has been embedded in their lawn for the last <laughs> nine years or whatever, and it's like. <laughs> You know, or or you're basically just buying, you know, the 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 ID tag. You know, you yeah. don't really, you know. Let's talk about that actually a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to go in and I want to build myself a custom car. Let's say I'm starting with a chassis. I'm pulling off that VIN number. I'm using a VIN number, but you know, I'm I don't you know in today's day and age, I'm taking a Mustang and I'm doing something totally different to it. I mean, is is that a hard process where you're 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 not really you're buying a shell, you're not buying an engine, things like that. So you're not really licensing it, but you're taking ownership of it. Um, I mean, not terribly hard process. The biggest hurdle on that is going to be state patrol inspection. Um, you know, once you get into customized vehicles like that, um, but if you can get a title on a VIN, you know, uh, the first step is come title it in your name. You have 15 days from the date of sale before you're facing a penalty. I think that's important. It's not so many people forget to, yeah, absolutely. It's not when you complete the vehicle, just go in right away. It's called TPO, title purpose only. Put the car in your name, get that title, then take as long as you want to fix that car. You know, mm. put put it or together. Just don't put the date on the form until and, you go. No, you <laughs> no, know, yeah, because you know, otherwise, you face a late fee after 15 days. You know, it starts at 50 bucks and then it goes up two dollars a day to a maximum of 125 dollars. There's more you want than when you want to pay. So you right. know, a couple yeah. months. Yeah. And you've reached the max of an extra 125 just because you didn't go in and take care of that, you know. Yeah. 
Which you'd want to. I mean, and, and if you're selling something, you want to encourage the person who buys it from you to go do that because, I mean, we've all heard situations where somebody buys a car and then they don't transfer it and then all of a sudden they're running through tolls, they're getting yep. parking tickets. Tolls is a big one. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, on the seller side, file a report of sale. You want their name and their address because you can technically file it with just a name or just an address, but it's not going to serve you in protecting you from those tolls or the towing or whatever. Um, so in order to have it fully uh, to release your liability, you need name and address, um, file the report of sale right away. And that puts basically tells the system, hey, in within 15 days, this car is supposed to be transferred. If it gets pulled over in 30 days and it hasn't been transferred, an officer, depending on the situation, could be pretty upset about that. Yeah. You know, and put you in an uncomfortable position. Is no stolen? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if, you know. if, if I have filed that form and that person still hasn't done it in 30 days, I'm not liable anymore, right? That is no. releasing me. Okay. No, but then the other key to that is keep that form. Okay. You can retrieve it later, but you got to go through public disclosure and it's not easy. Sure. So you want to keep that record because, and especially once tolls started here in Washington. After you file it, you mean you're keeping a copy of it as well. Correct. correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a, f uh, a cloud folder in, mine's on Google Drive, I think. Good for you, Dan. Yeah. Next topic. Uh, no. <laughs> Dan has a folder. <laughs> I have a folder. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. No, I have one for all my vehicles mm -hmm. that I've had since I've had uh, my Gmail set up. And I every piece of paperwork I've ever got, even receipts, goes into that folder for that vehicle it, from the moment I buy it to the moment I sell it. And it has served me pretty well. Uh, remember when my C63 got wrapped around a tree? Like seven days after I sold it, I reported the sale uh, <laughs> immediately. Yeah, exactly, but it was like not on me. They, I reached out to, you and I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, they'll come, they'll come to you yeah. because the records are going to show it to you. But then you just reply to them yep. with that and say, "This is I filed this. It's in the system. Yep. Please direct your inquiry towards. <laughs> yep. State patrol. <laughs> yeah. The gentleman like, wrapped around the other tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I'm yeah. like, there you go. Not my problem. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry and, about the tree. Uh, <laughs> You know, on the yeah. seller topic, another big thing that changed years ago is license plates. Um, you know, with the with the tolls and the report of sales, an important thing to note is the license plates are now yours. It used to be that every seven years, regardless, the plates had to be replaced on a car. Whether you went in to renew the tabs, if you owned it for 10 years, on that seventh year, when you went to renew your tabs, you had to buy new plates. Doesn't matter what condition they're in, that why it changed exactly, we don't know, but a lot of people complained about having to do that. And so now it changes when you when it changes ownership. So those license plates that are on your car now are yours. If they happen to be a passenger car, you take them and then you can transfer them onto your new car, assuming it's the same type passenger to passenger. Truck is different than passenger. Mm. So if I <laughs> sell a car and I don't do it in front of a licensing office, I should take those plates off? Yes, and okay. it does It does create a little bit... Well, I would bit encourage them to get their ass to the... Yeah, <laughs> it would encourage them to do that, and it does create a little bit of that awkward situation if you meet privately, and you're like, hey, those are my plates, I need to take them, and they're like, I need to drive home. Um, it's on the buyer's responsibility at that point. You can purchase a three-day trip permit, it's 33 bucks. Yeah. Um, it does, it's good for three consecutive days that you start when you fill it out. So if you bought one today, you could use it whenever you want, whenever you pick up that car, and that would get you home. Okay. Um, the benefit to pulling your plates, obviously, is one, you can save a little bit of money as you transfer them to your new car, but those ticket, those good-to-go tickets aren't going to be coming to you as much because if they buy that car and you leave your plates on there and for another 15 days they're running up and down 405, that's yeah. going to come to you. Even if you file the report of sale, yep. and then you're going to have to deal with good-to-go and you just don't want to. I mean, yeah. if you can eliminate that kind of drama in your life, when did that change? <laughs> I've had to deal with a bunch of cars out of state. Gosh, right? it's been plates, but four or five years probably. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a good tip. Also, if you have a bunch of tolls and, and things that are unpaid, you cannot renew your tabs, They correct? can Yeah, they can. I, I don't know the exact length of time, but yeah, unpaid tolls can hold your registration. Okay. Oh. It's, it's something to know. And yeah. man, when, you know, when that first came out, like, there would be people with lists, you know, before they realized this, there would be people with lists with thousands of dollars of tolls. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And good to go, you know, would, from what I understand, would, uh, you know, if you paid them all at once, would cut you a little bit of a break, but yeah. still a massive chunk. Yep. When I bought my S2000, I didn't realize about it in, I buy it somewhere in the Midwest. 
Missouri, I think. I think it was Missouri. And I was driving it home, and uh, I didn't realize that they kept the plates there. Because at the time in Washington, this is, you know, 15 years ago now or more, um, I drove it back without plates yeah. all the way from Missouri. Through had, Montana. Yeah, through my, I got pulled yeah. over in South Dakota, though. Yeah. And uh, I remember I had my bill of sale and I had my paperwork with me and like, so I was all legit, but a state trooper pulled me over in the middle of South Dakota and he's like, and I wasn't speeding or anything. He's like, um, you don't have any license plates. And I was like, oh, I just bought it. Here you go. He's like, oh, okay, you're all good. It was no, no big deal at all. He was like, I don't want to deal with it. (laughs) But it was also, I had all my paperwork in order and, you know, bank documents. So he wasn't worried, but I did the same thing though with the Porsche. (laughs) All over from Delaware, no license plates. You had a trip trip permit, didn't you? I Something never used like it. Yeah, I got okay. a trip permit. But yeah. I got it from Delaware DOL. DO uh, okay. And um, I was going to take a week to get back. It only took me four days, but. Uh, <laughs> Fancy that. New it, Porsche. Got her faster than I thought. <laughs> well, it was great for toll roads. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the only time it's good to, to, to take the toll roads is like, when you have woo! a brand new car. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you got to be careful of those toll roads because remember when I, when like five years ago, Golden we were Gate. down in, 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 in the Golden Gate Bridge and we crossed. I expected to get a toll in the mail, and then San Francisco didn't send me a toll for a year and a half. At that point, it was like $1,300. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and I called them up and went, you never sent me anything. Like, I would have paid the toll. Oh, you should have set this up on. I'm like, I don't live in California. Like, I'm not yeah. going to go down there and do that. So There's a lawsuit about that. They made that illegal now. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I rent. So I'm trying to think. Yeah, that, that one, I have set I actually have an account for that. By the way, oh, I do now. I now, I yeah. now have one too. But it's I always like, remind myself when I go down that I have the license plate. But yeah. um, but yeah, I, I ran the East East Coast tolls. There's a ton of them. I mean, they're yeah. not like France, but they're it was probably hundred bucks in tolls if I would have had a license plate. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we do not condone this information. Yep. Yeah. So. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Come yeah. get me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of other questions that I had that were in my head that I wanted to ask. There's you. a I lot mean, of good that, tips that, on this episode. I know. That's why. Like. I'm clearing up a lot of uh, yeah. myths in my head too. It's like there's, and there, yeah, there's a ton of those, and you know, like the doll, the dollar for sale thing, mm-hmm. and like the myths of you know that are out there. And as I became a member, you know, starting to see things chat, and there's a lot of right information out there. People have dealt with situations, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. Like, well, get and, ready for it because now people yeah. are going to know your name. Exactly. Yeah, know I what mean, you do. Yeah. No. I, yeah. you know, I'm here, and you know, and that's one thing that I. I uh, welcome and, uh, yeah. you know, want to be able to provide a resource for, uh, you know, the members, um, you know, and also you can choose our office when you renew your tabs. And, you know, another thing um, you had mentioned out of state sales is uh, a tip there is make sure you pick um, an office beforehand, probably the one closest to you or, you know, whichever you choose um, and have them make sure they send their paperwork there. A lot of times, you know, we get customers coming in and they're just the out of state dealers like, Oh yeah, just take this carbon copy form into Washington and you'll get a title in your plates. And I'm like, it's not the way it works. There's, yeah. there's money involved. There's physical title paperwork, you know? Um, and then come to find out it's sent to an office that's 45 minutes to an hour away from them. And they're just because they just didn't tell them, you know, where they want that sent to that kind of stuff. So, so if you're buying a car out of state and you're sitting down, you sign the documents and go, okay, I need you to send this to the, to this office at this address, okay, and then you exactly. can go there and they will have that stuff. Yes, okay. and All then, right. you know, and dealers, uh, you know, in Washington, I can only speak of, uh, they have 45 days to to legally license that car in your name. And so, you know, out of state, there you don't pay a, a late fee on that. Um, but, you know, out of state, you may get a temporary from a dealer, depending on, you know, which ones they may just kind of put it on you. I don't know. Well, and it's all, all different situations. Tax issues too. It's like you go to you go to Oregon and buy a car, you come back here and license it. You're still going to have to pay the taxes on it just because you bought it in Oregon. Oh yeah, so correct. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you pay tax on a vehicle when you register it here. Yeah, yeah. I remember what is it? I'm trying to think of it. I think it's Florida has like a a dealer fee. So the all of all states, Florida is one of the only ones. I think it might be the only one now. That the dealers actually handle the taxation and the licensing there. Oh, so they can actually charge you an additional fee that you can't argue with. In Florida, of all places. Like, they can just say, because they, they handle it all end-to-end. So you get the license plates there, your registration, everything is done at the dealer. There's no third party. Mm. And so, yeah, you can imagine There's how... conflict of interest there, but... A little bit, yeah. You can imagine the <laughs> what? dock... You can imagine the dock fee on that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why the dealers have a lot of power over there, so... Yeah. I'll huh. find more. I have to, I have to explore the topic a little more to give real credible information, but there was an article about it I was reading, because I was... 
Like, huh. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, uh, our listeners know how we kind of do these podcasts, but like I was sitting there today and I'm working and I'm like, what are the myths that I've always had, you know, as a car, as a car person, like, yeah. oh, the, the dollar one was the first one. I was like, oh, <laughs> you could sell it for a dollar. It doesn't matter if, it's, you know, they have to listen to you. And it's like, no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. I, and I knew by the fact that they had, they can, because I had gone through that when my dad sold me a car for a dollar and they were like, no, this is what we think it's worth with the mileage and things like that. And the lady at the counter was very nice and she's like, well, if there was a little extra mileage on it, it would be worth less. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, mileage on our side wouldn't really affect it unless you're getting that, that source through like a third party admins or whatever. You no, know, what she meant was by, by in her records, what it was worth, but the mileage that was on it. Yeah, and, and and she's and she's like basically she was telling me like if it had a couple more miles on it, it would or, be worth right? Less like my twenty twenty Raptor with eighty thousand is worth a lot less yeah. than my Raptor forty. No, I have forty three thousand. Oh. Okay, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I sold a lot. I have forty three thousand yeah. miles on it, but yeah. yeah, there's a significant you know those. Yeah, but the, your, the yours cars, is a, yours is a wrecked title now. It's been in a ditch. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. the search term <laughs> depreciation yeah. were fifty because the, the search terms on Auto Trader were fifteen. 30 and 45 or something. So the depreciation curves hit at those okay. for the longest time. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, and with yeah. a branded title, oh, yeah. uh, the value, we take your purchase price. Oh, interesting. So Branded title. Yeah. So what if you have a rebuilt, you know, if you're buying a rebuilt car, yeah. we will be able to take your purchase price. Huh. Well, if you're buying a really old car, I mean, I guess you're, you're if you're playing a classic car, though, what, that's a good question. Classic car tabs, how does that, that's lifetime tabs, right? In classic cars, can if you have, be. If a classic, so um, I know it's limited that, mileage and all that. That's actually yeah, another uh, you know kind of myth that's been out there. Um, <laughs> so it, the rule on on collector vehicle plates, thirty years. So uh, model year thirty years and older, you can pay a one time fee. It has to be current to go to collector status. So if you come in with a forty year old car that's unlicensed, you're paying for a full year of normal licensing. And then the additional like forty or fifty bucks for the collector vehicle plate might be worth it. But then you're done. Or you can buy that year of licensing, wait eleven months or whatever, and I mean you split the cost. It's not a huge deal, but wait eleven months while it's still licensed, and then put the collector plate and then go straight to collector plate for forty or fifty bucks. Huh. I know a question I have. All right, so I have collector plates on a 1959 Triumph, yeah, and I am. Looking, and I have not found it yet, and this goes out to the Avance members, I want to find a 1959 actual license yeah. plate. Can I then, since I have collector plates, go in and l get that license plate as my license plate? Is that legal? Yeah. So okay. um, it's, they consider those antique plates. Antique, um, yeah. And so, and what happens is we have a, it's probably available somewhere online, um, but there is a list of the exact configuration that Washington issued for all of the years. So, but it has to be a plate that Washington issued. Like, I couldn't go have a license plate made that ma ma matched that. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm and saying. And they do do some restores out there. There yeah. is a, a market for that. Um, you know. Not cheap, by the way. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. As long as, you know, it matches. And years ago, it used to be that, like, I mean, every year was a different plate, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so one one year off and you we couldn't use that so you come in with a plate we look it up and we say okay uh we have white background green lettering the washington and the tabs are exactly in the right spot yeah boom and then we put that on there and you can operate with that plate yeah i've, I've been because i've been searching like i'm not hard but i, I yeah. want to find the 19 and i think the plate is actually green with white that's good because the car is green yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah but i have i have collector plates they're great like i said we I didn't realize how simple it was and the fact that you went in there. And, I mean, the car had been titled. And I think that's what we had to do is we had to buy one year of regular plates and then we got the collector plates. And another thing about the collector plate is I only have to have one on the rear yep, because yeah. the car never came on with one on the front. So, and they, I know. Uh, I, I, hate, I hate front law. plates. I will always hate front plates. <laughs> I also think that Washington needs to get some different color plates and <laughs> all kinds of things. But, yeah. yeah. Has anybody seen the Northwest Territory plate? Mm -mm. It's the coolest plate ever. Which one is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. It's a polar bear. That's all. It like is it's literally actual, a polar bear. It's literally a polar bear. Not, okay. the, not polar bear printed on the plate. Yeah, yeah. It's no, they the make shape. it out of polar bear. Right. It's real polar bear. <laughs> it's real polar bear. That's why they're so rare. They're very furry. No, it is the shape of a polar bear cut out in the metal, and it's very cool. There, I mean, this is off topic, but I mean... I think New Mexico won the, like the like the ugliest plate in the world, like or something like yes. that. Forever, like oh, they, they had that bright yellow plate. Yeah. I mean, 
don't know. We have we have some good collector plates here. I they mean, have and, chili and peppers on them now for yeah. some really good. I mean, causes and things like that, right? Yeah, like and they're adding and more, and you know, every uh, we've just we finally got the JP patches plate. I know a lot of people like the what JP patches, the uh, famous clown from oh, Seattle area. Okay, I mean, from the beginning, didn't of, know that was something people were looking for. I okay. mean, for as long as I've been there, people have been asking about it. I don't know, oh, it so it weird happened to be a, a thing. Yeah, so. Uh, finally, that came out this year. Um, we got a Washington wine plate that just released. A, that makes sense, right? Uh, rem- drink and drive. Well, I remember <laughs> my dad had a ninety-two BMW the Growers Association ah, uh, Seven Series, and and my mom and I got him like some of the original Cougar plates back before they yeah. were, were red. They were just mm-hmm. the, the Cougar symbol. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, like real low numbers. And I wish I would have kept that plate. Speaking of, the, but it's one of those things where he had it for seven years and then they forced him to get a new one and then and then they changed they, they, the they changed the plate. They changed yeah. the plate. And yeah. yeah, I know that's uh, so. I think it's always kind of neat if you can keep the plates because it's something they can put up on the wall and, you know, kind of think about it. Well, you can now, apparently. So. Well, anyway, that's what I'm saying. Now you can. Yeah. Like, before you were just stealing them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and with anything personalized or, you know, special background and stuff like that, you want to keep those. Like, I got a low-number Seahawks plate when they first came out, you know, mm. so. That's cool. Yeah, I've got, I just saw the Washington Wine one. That's kind of a cool plate. Uh, What's the design? Because, like so that's actually very walla walla. not the one. Oh yeah, that was available, and when they just released it, it didn't have an image right away, and it's in our system. But I don't know. Maybe that one's black and white. If it's black and white uh, and red, I'd do that. That's cool. We're looking at license. It's like kind of just showing like um, vineyards. Do you have the national park one on your stand? No, I oh. had the. I always get the law enforcement memorial plate. That's here. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's it or not. It's showing a bunch of samples, but yeah. they they look like black and white. I don't think that's the final one. So maybe it's not out yet. I saw neat. somebody driving around with a black and white Washington plate, and yeah. they 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 they, the they, vin- they vinyled it. No, oh yeah. for sure, they I've took, seen that they on took TikTok. The plate and, and they yeah. vinyl. It oh yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah. It was on like a white Benz, but yeah, oh, I wish highly illegal. By the way, for to, sure. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. technically you don't own your plates. The, the state of Washington owns your plates, correct? Like you, um, can, that's why you can't I modify mean, them. I thought. Well, by law, they have they have reflective coating on it, yeah. so you so have like yeah, radar off and so by putting a wrap on it, you know you're messing with that. State Patrol doesn't like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well. If you like the State Patrol, get yeah. the law enforcement memorial plates. Or even if you don't, you probably need them even more. You don't want to be <laughs> harassed. Just yeah, ride clean. Absolutely, exactly. Okay. Yeah, or that. Don't break the law. What a thought. What so what would the, that be? What was the first one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that goes for law enforcement in general. They have memorial plates, law enforcement. Memorial yeah, Foundation. great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's all the questions I have for right now. But like I said, I definitely, you know, obviously we encourage the members to reach out to you through the Avance Forum and things like that. Yeah. Um, and where, and we'll put this in the in, in everything, but where are your actual physical stores that you that you own? So we, we own one. Uh, okay. It's up in Bothell. Um, I'm not part of it. Bothell Mill Creek area. It's called okay. Canyon Park Licensing. Okay. We're uh, in a strip. Oh, oh, strip I know mall. where you guys are. Yeah. yeah. I didn't so, realize that was you. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. There yep. you go. So yeah, you can renew tabs online. Uh, reach out to me through the Facebook page if you you know have inquiries and need some help. Um, you know I'm always willing to help out and you know ask good questions. Don't ask favors, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. We will yeah. tag you in this post as we publish it, and we'll direct all the Avance people to you. If you're not an Avance member, then you just don't have this resource. So tough luck. I'm yeah, just kidding. So. You can reach out to you on your website, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, too bad. <laughs> Pay the Avance fee, or you get no <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah. No, we will put a list. This anyways. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link to your uh, your licensing office there, so we will know where where you guys are. It's fantastic. I appreciate that. Here. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming in and taking the time on this snowy evening. Oh, stop snowing. Uh, humbug. So <laughs> it's going to be a normal drive home. Uh, be a nice rink. Un- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to go uphill. But it's not good. Well, for this episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>